0: Everybody, no calls this week. We're going to dive into the mailbag. This one is from Sean Kelly Jr. at Dion on Twitter.
1: Yeah, Sean.
0: <laughs> Do you guys have any favorite horror sequences in non-horror movies? For instances, I'm still traumatized by the scene in Matilda where trunch- Trunchbull, I've never seen Matilda, so <gasps> I'm going to guess his name. I know, so many <gasps> gasp noises. It shouldn't be a surprise that I haven't seen things. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm still traumatized by the scene in Matilda where Trunchbull forces the kid to eat the enormous chocolate cake by himself. Terrifying. So let's start with Megan. What are your some of your favorites? I feel like there's gonna be some overlap. I there's do. some classics out there.
2: I feel like I would be surprised if this was not also on Xena's list. Um, Return to Oz.
0: Oh, the whole movie. (laughs) The
2: entire movie, for sure. I mean, what the heck? I mean, the whole premise is that nobody believes Dorothy that she went to a magical place called Oz. So they take her somewhere to get electroshock therapy. And... She winds up like narrowly avoiding that and in, in back in Oz and it's a much grimmer place than where she left it. So it's like the wheelers could be terrifying, oh, the but <laughs> oh, specifically I'm calling out Princess Mombi's heads, her closet yes. full oh. of heads. Like what the French toast is that? <laughs> um And Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I feel like is-
0: Large Marge messed with me bad.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, I didn't stick with strictly children's movies here. So I also did Raiders of the Lost Ark when they uh, yep. have the whole melting. Um, the ending of Dennis Villeneuve's Enemy, it's a very kind of mind-bendy sci-fi with Jake Gyllenhaal where it's like he sees his doppelganger.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and I won't that is a
0: weird ending.
2: I won't spoil that ending because it's the ending that's just so abruptly left field. Um, but if you do have arachnophobia, there's your warning. And uh, train spotting, there's a whole sequence where he's, um, you <laughs> yeah. know, coming he's having withdrawals to the point of hallucinations, and there's a nightmare baby crawling on the ceiling that's like, yeah,
1: that's that's a horror movie moment. So, what about you guys? I'll be Zena. You know? Um. Okay. So, of course, return to Oz, but Princess mumby, she was kind of cool, just a little bit. Like she just switches <laughs> heads. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> see, like the
2: fashionista in me says that is amazing. That's
1: a really good idea, and but those are really nice, nice cases.
2: They were really nice. She had an extravagant setup for a princess, but she was so mean. And those she that was, was like invasion of the body snatchers with the heads like
1: going. She on. was awful. Um, okay, well, first, though, I, I love this question. And, you know, Matilda is just such a good time. John, please, if you ever get a moment in life, maybe you, might can, like you it. can watch it with your kids. Yeah.
0: We'll see. Seriously,
1: we'll this see. is a movie for kids. I mean it. This if it's
0: time, on Disney Plus, I'll take a look.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that scene always makes me laugh with the chocolate cake, especially when he gets the plate broken over his head. That's crazy. She will go to jail. But um I would I guess I'm gonna go with um Labyrinth. There's so many scenes, but oh. so two that stand out. One, the helping hand scene. When oh. she falls down that you know little hole and Going they're up? helping her, or, and it's like that's gross, yeah. <laughs> and then also the Goblin King, like he's just so obsessed with mm-hmm. Sarah. She's sixteen. Like, what are you doing? There are so many things that she's wrong. Yeah, he was cool. He was really cool. Okay, him in his tights, but still, like she's sixteen. You know. And um... but I always
2: wondered, spoiler, I guess, for a children's movie. But is that stuff was it even real? I always kind of thought the ending meant that this was her imagination, so she fabricated all of this. So you know, that's pretty cool. kind of a little bit of justification there. But otherwise, yes, it's creepy. Yeah.
1: It's it's, it's just very odd. Um, And then I'm also going to throw in Pinocchio, the original Pinocchio, you know, kids turning into donkeys and and smoking.
2: They had some bizarre stuff in their earlier animated movies. They did.
1: They did. But what about you, John?
0: Uh, Well, I will say it because it's what most everyone would think anyway. Uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they're in the tunnel on the <laughs> oh, boat scene. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one that stood out for me uh that you guys hadn't mentioned yet is um Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah. Especially when he melts in the dip. See? Spoilers. That's
2: like a different case. It's so sad. It makes me very very sad.
0: Judge Doom does? No,
2: the shoe. I'm
0: so Oh sad no, I'm talking about Judge Sh- Doom himself. The oh, si- yeah, the he shoe is. makes me sad. Yeah, But Judge Doom at the end, like when Ah, his eyes pop out and and then like he starts to melt. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. I remember seeing that in the theater and being like, this is big for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked to see little John's face during that moment.
0: Uh, It might have been like quiet confusion to hide the terror. (laughs) I was just like excited to be at the movie theater. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week?
1: So, I binged watch this weekend, Black Summer, the second season. So, it's from 2019 on Netflix. So, this is set in the Z Nation world or universe. Um, It's a series that's on sci-fi. This is set in the Z Nation universe, so this series, it follows like a team of special forces who are basically dealing with a zombie apocalypse, and there are people, like regular people, everyday people, who are dealing with this, and every single episode, it's either unsettling, terrifying, or and emotionally traumatic, and uh, we talked about this already, but I really love zombies. They're a good time. They're fun. So the first season, um, it basically starts off six weeks, you know, into the zombie apocalypse during the summer. Super hot, super hot. And we meet like a, a variety of different characters. And we first meet like this mom, as an example. She loses contact with her daughter and her daughter's young, maybe like a teenager. Um, because this military team, they basically rescue certain people if you don't have a fever, if you're not turning. Because the thing is with these zombies, when they turn, they turn super fast, within seconds. And sometimes you don't even have to even have like a zombie bite. If a zombie bites you, it doesn't matter. Say if you're in a car accident and you die, instantly you'll come back as a raging, like violent zombie. And I love how this show... It has, like, a, a great balance of, like, violence and gore and entertainment. And you get attached to the characters. Um, so just throwing that out there. I used to watch The Walking Dead. Okay. After a while, we, I mean, I'm sure that most of us has. After a while, it really did start to, like, weigh on me. Because some of their problems were just lasting for, like, seven, eight episodes. <laughs> and then by the time they solved it, it's like the season's over. Not with this show. Like, things get resolved pretty fast. If someone's starting drama, they're they're either dead or something happens, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it's very fast-paced. And don't get me wrong, there are some characters where it's like they make some decisions that's just like, what? Why would you do that? But again, because of the pacing, you don't even mind. So then with the second season, it picks up during the winter, and the energy is still there. The cinematography is so, like, wow, it's... Like, it's amazing. Like, everything I feel is about about it is so great. I love how they even have, like, different chapters within the episode. Like, the storytellers within it, like, they're doing... I think they're doing a fantastic job. But, yeah, I feel like if you're someone who enjoys zombies, especially zombies that are fast-paced, and there's some drama in the show, but like I said before, things get resolved super fast. So you, you hardly even know it. Like, I... It didn't even feel like I watched all eight episodes in a day because I did, and it was wonderful. So, are they short episodes or are they like forty five? They're like forty, like forty five minutes. Like it's, it just felt like a blur, you know. And God, it's just so great. I already, I'm ready for season three already.
2: Do you need to be from? Sorry, do you need to be familiar with Z Nation at all to watch Black Summer? No,
1: no, Uh, good point, good point, yeah. No, not at all. I started watching Z Nation, and I don't know why, but I stopped. It's not because I didn't like it, but you guys know how it is. There's so many, like, it's series, lot, so I yeah. kind of fell off. And, you know, and even though they say that, it's like I really didn't know, because I only watched maybe, like, half of the first season. Yeah. You know, I don't really remember the characters, but the first season, you'll be fine. Like, oh, okay. I recommend just... Checking out the first episode. See how it makes you feel. Go from there. So. But yeah. uh, Then the next thing I watched. uh, Dark Spell from 2021. It'll be available on Shout Factory TV. Or also on like VOD and Blu-ray and DVD July 6th. So next Tuesday. So this is about a young wife named Xenia. That name is hot. Isn't it? It's kind of like my (laughs) name. but (laughs) Like I was shook when they said her name. I was like who? Like Whoa. Anyway, so a young wife, uh, she's a young wife and a and a mother, and she's heartbroken when her husband leaves her, and she's desperate. So she decides to turn to sinister magic, and form this spell called Black Wedding to bring him back to to her arms. And this guy ever could go wrong. Exactly, he's. He's not a nice guy. I don't know really why, but whatever. So anyway, so um obviously things don't go as planned and he becomes twisted. He becomes obsessive. Obsessive. He becomes frightening. I won't even tell you what some of the stuff he does. It's just kind of like hey.
2: He he goes from bad to worse
1: to worse. Like oh. cuz he was already horrible, but like it was like turned up like times 10 like Put him in jail, you know? She can do better, Xenia. She can. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, um, but yeah, so she tries to just reverse, like, this spell, but there's no way. Plus, she goes to, like, this woman who, where she has to eat rotten meat. I don't know. And she does. It's gross. Anyway... It's just pretty much about this woman who just wants her boo back and she turns to black magic. And then next thing you know, things go dark and, you know, there's really intense spells um, that actually she does this spell during a wedding. It's like if I would ever find somebody doing some dark dark spell during my wedding. But anyway, yeah, like there's like the devil creeping like in corners, popping out, trying to get her and stuff. He just wants her soul. I really did very much
2: like a movie tailor made for you
1: right it's just it's it's it was really just magical so but again it'll be available you know on july 6th it's a russian movie and it's the same director that directed baby yaba um or yaga it's like that uh Baba yaga. It's like, yeah Baba yaga? thank you gosh guys <laughs> thank you but yeah like you know <laughs> i like baby yaba though that's like really could be cool but no yeah like it's so it's the same director so it has like that magical tone, you know, that's something that, that 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 director does. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I watched. It was a good time.
0: So. Zena, if for some reason this horror movie producer thing falls through for you, I really want you to write trailers. Yeah. Really? It's basically a movie about a a woman who misses her booze, so she turns to dark magic.
1: That's pretty much what happens. And then next thing you know, okay, it's all this crazy stuff happening, and then she's just sitting there when he's acting crazy, like, what are you doing? And it's just like, what do you mean? This is what you, you asked for this, though.
0: See, that could be a new Xena YouTube bit, like Honest Movie Trailers, yeah. Movie Trailers voice by Voice
2: over, Zena. do the voice over, instead of, like, the radio voice, like, and then.
0: <laughs> bring, bring she the, misses the her boo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so sorry Okay, but what about you, Megan? I have been watching a lot of stuff at the Chattanooga Film Festival. They went virtual last year for the pandemic and continued. And I think that their plan going forward is to do kind of a hybrid model for accessibility. So they're hoping next year in person and probably keeping some element of the virtual best. um So yeah, I watched a whole lot of stuff and. Uh, one of which is an ideal host. I have no idea when it's coming out, hopefully soon, but it's basically about someone named Liz who just wants to host the perfect dinner party, but unexpected guest arrives with her actual invited guests that sends the evening into chaos with potentially apocalyptic consequences. This is a tiny little um, Australian sci-fi horror comedy that starts off super quirky uh, she it, literally it opens to Liz and her boo practicing their reaction to him proposing mm. he's going to propose and they're trying to stage it so that it has the maximum drama for their down to a tea dinner party she's got it planned by the hour this is what we're doing and the arrival of this woman throws everything out of whack. It throws the entire dynamics out of whack. And then before long, there's something really, really wrong. And it's not the uninvited guest, at least not that one. Um, There are aliens that are kind of body hopping. And so it's small budget. Um, I don't think like there, there was an intro before the movie where he didn't exactly set off to do this movie, but the pandemic stretched out everything. And then he was like, well, let me just cut together and see what I have. And then before long, he's got a movie. Um, so I think there are parts where that kind of shows, um, because certain plot points ultimately don't matter, but it builds into this delightful, over-the-top, splatter-filled finale that kind of reminds me a little bit of early Jackson, Peter Jackson. Um, so I, I ended up having a good time. I busted out laughing so many times, especially in that third act. So it's really delightful. Um, I hope, I, you know, like I said, I don't know if that has distribution. I tried looking it up. I don't see anything. But as soon as I find out, I will share. And then the second thing that I watched that I really liked uh, is called The Lodger, and it follows a college student, Julie. She just started university in Bordeaux, and she moves into the house of Elizabeth, an old widow who lends her a room in exchange for her help with daily chores. Except there's a catch. Elizabeth still acts like her 20-year deceased husband is still around as as a ghost lurking in, in the home. She acts like he's still alive and well. Um, And so then Julie starts to feel his presence and a love triangle begins. And Uh uh, to me, this was, it's this weird blend of like psychological horror and fantasy because it starts where you're like, all right, is Victor, is this thing a ghost is, or is this woman crazy? It keeps you guessing the whole time. And then Julie decides to do something nice for Elizabeth by bringing home a medical dummy from school. And that's where things really start to go off the rails. So this this kind of <laughs> reminded me a lot. This could be a spiritual cousin to 1988's Pin, in which uh, a medical dummy is used in, in some kind of bizarre sexual awakening thing happening. I adored it. So, yeah, that's what I watched. That one sounds really cool. Yeah, I think you'd like it.
0: I, I can't follow up sexual liberation via <laughs> dummy with my. <laughs> Sure movies you this week but well I can't beca- and you two know that because you picked them for me. So first we'll talk about Megan's pick 2010's Burning Bright on Tubi. Trapped inside her home during a hurricane. Kelly and her autistic brother Tom are being hunted by a tiger their stepfather purchased for a safari show. Alright Megan, why this one?
2: Because there's one. This is a great movie that doesn't get a lot of attention. It should have more attention. Two, Garrett Dillahunt likes to be in horror movies with tigers, and this was my way of being like, see?
0: Oh. Yeah, for those who aren't don't know the name off the top of his head, Garrett Dillahunt, as far as a tiger reference, is concerned from Army of the Dead. He was the personal security officer for The Millionaire in Army of the Dead. Uh, I recognize him. I loved him in the TV show Raising Hope. Guy's freaking hilarious. And uh, No Country for Old Men. Amazing comedic timing. Really funny guy. Plays a whole horrible piece of shit in this though (laughs) he does yeah um this uh this was a hard watch for me because i just felt so sad through like the whole movie because the 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 actor who plays the autistic brother uh charlie tahan who's also if you've seen him in anything else was probably in ozarks which is where i I... originally saw him from and recognized him from he's fantastic He does an amazing job. The brother's about to be put into a a, a special school who can take care of him because his sister, Kelly, is going to be going off to college. And then she finds out they don't have money to do that because the stepdad drained their savings that were left from her mom uh, to buy this tiger. And it's like within the first 20 minutes, it's just it starts with him buying the tiger. Yeah. And in a, in a really interesting scene where the guy's selling him the tiger, I thought it was going to be the other way where he's like, yeah, take this. The other guy, like, and instead he's like, no, I don't think I should sell this to you. Like, this is clearly a mistake. You're an idiot. Like, oh, this is wrong.
2: I also want to add that that guy is meatloaf. Is meatloaf. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just felt so sad the entire time because it really, it touches on, some really tough topics, like not not just um, as far as autism is concerned, but being a caregiver. Yeah. And being a caregiver who feels completely out of their depth and unable to continue on and not sure what to do. There's a really heartbreaking dream sequence early on. And it, it's something that Kelly struggles with this whole time, trying to take care of her brother. With well, there's a freaking lion inside their house that they can't get out of because it's boarded up for a hurricane.
2: Yeah. There's a raging hurricane. Yeah.
0: And it somehow gets sadder through the movie um at least the ending to me was still sad like super super sad on like every level because it's like it adds more depth to how much shit has happened to this girl in her life yeah and then it's like okay now what (laughs) like it's just like it's kind of hopeful but... I, I, I
2: thought it was hopeful. I mean, one, oh, I thought that it... the tiger stuff was handled so remarkably well for this tiny little indie feature. And it's intense. Yeah. Like there's a lot of buildup, a lot of kind of drama, like you mentioned. And then once you get to this certain point, there's such an intense moment. And, and the way that it kind of continues to on that suspense, I just thought was really remarkable.
0: That is something I'll definitely give it credit for is that it handled the tiger really well. Like the shots of the tiger, I mean, movies now would just lean super heavy on CGI and be obviously CGI. Um, but I thought that there were so many shots in this. They were so cleverly done, like the the tiger trying to like claw a hole in the wall. It was filmed, it was probably a tiger like batting at the wall or whatever, but you know, the right angle of the camera, the right music, whatever. It looks like this intense, like... He's like mentally thinking, "I need to tear this hole in the wall and everything." Yeah, I thought it was done surprisingly well. Probably not going to watch this movie again because, again, really, really sad oh. for me. Other people might be like, "This is amazing." Other people might I, be like, oh, "I was I like this not at all. sad at
2: all." I mean, it is, it does put you through the ringer, but I was not sad. So I'm oh. sorry I gave you a downer.
0: Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and Xena's pick. 2016's Fender Bender. Very, very different movie. <laughs> Although, and yet kind of not, in a weird way. Available on Amazon. In a small New Mexico town, teenager Hillary gets into her first Fender Bender and innocently exchanges her personal information with the other driver, a terrifying and bizarre serial killer who stalks the country road for his next victims. All right, seen so you know why this one?
1: Because it's fun. It's just a straight-to-the-point <laughs> slasher movie. You know, I feel like it, it, it's a perfect example of if you're just simple, it's still fun. And plus, it gives like chase slasher vibes. So like the hitcher mm-hmm. or joyride, but it's like mm-hmm. meets death proof.
0: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, with less actual driving.
1: True. You're in a house.
0: There, are, The car <laughs> is around and the car is involved um beyond the initial uh, uh fender bender but so i i enjoyed most of this movie <laughs> uh there is one thing that and screenwriters do this all the time mm-hmm. uh they never get head trauma right <laughs> like i'm sorry but a tire iron to the head multiple times you're not fine well you're not
1: maybe fine. that person has a strong head I
0: don't know. Mm, Well, I oddly know a a decent amount about head trauma. (laughs) And as someone who one of his relatives did get hit in the head with a tire iron once. But he not only survived, he beat the hell out of the guy who hit him in the head with the tire iron. But he was a different generation. (laughs) They were tougher back then. Um, the, The heroine in this did a really good job the whole time. Until... A certain point yeah and then it's like
1: what are you doing i don't know what? but uh, you know what i blame her parents because how are you gonna leave her at home like real
0: villains here actually to me parents were totally in the wrong they blew that it's crazy they blew that little fender bender where she got rear-ended completely out of proportion mm-hmm. and, and now, they decided yeah, they decided the thing that she'd been waiting for all year she suddenly didn't get to do. Although she handles it really, really well once they're gone. She just kind of lays down in bed and takes a nap, and then her friends come over, and they talk about yeah. it, like her boyfriend who's cheating on her. Which is... There's a lot of stuff going on with her, actually.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on with her. But And I felt bad for her because she seemed like a nice girl, you know?
0: Yeah, so. you know, I mean, it doesn't set her up to be bad by any means. She's yeah. a victim on multiple stages who knows maybe she i can't remember maybe she stole the mom's car i can't remember she like, did the, she, she took, she it took it the car permission. out when she
1: wasn't supposed to but but still, she didn't hit the car it hit yeah, her yeah
0: she got rear-ended i don't know i mean as a parent i'm not gonna say i would have done anything different
1: <laughs> i don't know if you would you leave your kid home
0: uh well i mean she's what 17
1: while you go on vacation living it up
0: aren't they only gonna be gone for like two days Didn't your parents ever leave you at home when you were like a teenager?
1: They did, but I have a lot of brothers and sisters, so somebody was always home.
0: Oh, that's true. Actually being left home alone. Yeah, that's a little bit different, Mm -hmm.
1: isn't it? Even if they left it with her grandma or something, I don't know.
0: Well, her friends came over for pizza and cake.
1: I want cake. (laughs) Cake is a good time.
0: Um, Yeah, it was a solid movie. The end didn't work for me, but, you know, that's just the way movies work so yeah okay Megan it seems like you've had something you have wanted to say during my...
2: <laughs> uh, I just want some you know clarification on experience with tire irons to the head
0: <laughs> well I haven't been hit with a tire iron to the head but I've been knocked out I I, I have more concussions than I than I care to actually admit to oh, no. on Mike but it explains a lot <laughs> so
2: <laughs> well
0: uh yeah, no, just it's one thing like getting hit. I mean, we don't need to dig into this. Go, I'll tell you what. Go watch Fender Bender and if somebody says, "Hey, the amount of trauma that's inflicted in this seems completely normal to get be to like get up from from a person who's not supernatural, then that's okay. Then tell me I'm wrong." <laughs> to me, got a little bit like mmm now we're kind of getting weird. With this. <laughs> Unless Because it definitely feels like there's going to be a part two. The intention was for there to be a part two. Right. So maybe they would have gone more supernatural with part two. I don't know. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, before we we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it?
1: So I watch Black Summer on Netflix and Dark Spell. It will be available on Tuesday, July 6th on VOD, digital platforms, and on DVD and Blu-ray.
2: I watched An Ideal Host and The Lodger, both through Chattanooga Film Fest virtual. I don't know when they're out, but I will update when when that happens.
0: And I watched Burning Bright on Tubi and Fender Bender on Amazon. And so what am I watching next week? Xena, you're up.
1: Have you seen Death Spa?
0: Death Spa, the the 1980s yeah. movie? I think I have, but not recently. Man, there was a weird genre in the '80s of like gym-based <laughs> horror, wasn't there? Yeah. I, I'll do. It. I'll watch it again, even because I feel like it's been a while. Is it no, a two B pick? Not,
1: but that's not the same.
0: Ah, fine. Then don't. I'll, I'll. I will do that as an alternate just for me. But
2: okay. But before she gives her other pick, I just want to say that I'm obsessed with the European alternate title for Death Spa, which is Witch Bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't remember there being a witch involved in Death Spa.
2: Well, I mean. yeah, kind
0: of. Oh, see, I might be thinking of a completely different movie then.
2: Are you thinking of Dead Heat?
0: Oh, I might be thinking of Dead Heat. I'm, watching, I'm I'm putting Death Spa in. Okay. To be. Well, no. Because I don't remember there...
1: It's on Voodoo.
0: Oh, Voodoo. But it's for free. I, so I do not remember there being witchcraft involved in the one I'm thinking of. So... Hmm. The title does fit. Interesting. Okay, Megan.
2: I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what to pick for you because all (laughs) I have are probably downers. No. It's like, that's probably a downer. That's probably a downer. It's a weird one. It can be a downer
0: as long as it's not like an autistic kid being hunted by a tiger.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to go with weird downer because maybe the weird will make up for... The Downer, uh, Uzumaki on <gasps> Prime Video. Those are beautiful. Uzumaki,
0: interesting.
1: Yes. I don't know. I feel yeah, like I'm almost
0: positive I haven't seen Death Spa.
1: But I or feel like you're you're Death gonna Spa. like Megan's pick. Now I wouldn't count. I wouldn't really. I don't know. I, he proves me wrong every time.
2: It's uh you, zoo zoo U <laughs> Z U M A K I.
0: sorry what was that on
2: uh prime amazon
0: i'm prime uzumaki Okay, enough about what we've been watching and the arguments about what I'll be watching. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan?
2: The new trailer for Halloween Kills dropped online, setting the internet ablaze. Uh, (laughs) In an extremely brutal teaser, uh, with the events picking up exactly where Halloween 2018 ended, and first responders getting slaughtered as they arrive on the scene of Laurie Strode's Burning Home. Um, the official plot synopsis for this reads, and the Halloween night where Michael Myers returned isn't over yet. Minutes after Lori Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, her daughter, Karen, Judy Greer, and granddaughter, Allison played by Andy Matichek left masked monster, Michael Myers caged and burning in Lori's basement. Lori is rushed to the hospital with life threatening injuries, believing she finally killed her lifelong tormentor. But when Michael manages to free himself from Lori's trap, his ritual bloodbath resumes. As Lori fights her pain and prepares to defend herself against him again, uh, she inspires all of Haddonfield to rise up against their unstoppable monster. The Strode women join a group of other survivors of Michael's first rampage who decide to take matters into their own hands, forming a vigilante mob that sets out to hunt Michael down once and for all. Evil dies tonight. Uh, Halloween kills bring back. Like most of the cast, with original Halloween actor Charles Cyphers returning as Sheriff Lee Brackett, Anthony Michael Hall stars as Tommy Doyle, and returning Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace, and Nancy Stevens as Nurse Marion Chambers. Current release date for Halloween Kills is October 15th, only in theaters. So, I want to point out that it's interesting how Halloween 2018 ignored all sequels to pick up 40 years after the original film, yet this sequel has Laurie going to the hospital, which is exactly where she went in the original sequel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: don't want to break down the trailer because, you know, it's, it's totally your choice on whether you want to go in blind or you want to see it. Uh, because it does, it does show a lot of kills and it definitely got people debating about whether it showed too much. So, what were, did you watch it? What were your reactions, if so?
1: I watched it. I I thought it looked great. You know, I mean, I I I'm sorry. I was laughing. So I was smiling because yeah, I remember people were going insane. Like they were upset. Yeah. Oh, you are showing so many kills, but it's called Halloween Kills, so you know it's <laughs> gonna happen. Yeah. But um, but that's just me though. But usually, like I don't always watch trailers.
2: Did you watch it, John?
0: I did because you know why not? And people get super excited i don't always uh, i'm the same with xena i don't watch trailers as much as i used to but every once in a while i'll see like those youtube uh compilations of the best upcoming horror movies in 2021 Mm -hmm. or best whatever yeah and so i'm like okay i'll give it a shot and like she said yeah there's a lot of people dying in this one like mike myers is just
2: he's mad he's just
0: slaughtering people but i'm really i'm really interested in the concept of what feels like to be the greater reality of if Mike Myers did do what he did in Halloween kills like the entire town being like yeah we're gonna hunt him down and kill him like oh that okay yeah that's what should happen it shouldn't just be he keeps wandering around randomly killing people and nobody can figure it out like he's not hiding yeah so yeah I mean I'm I'm definitely curious because it seems like a massive body count.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, But yeah, like Xena said, it it is such an interesting thing, the whole trailer kind of discourse that happens. Because one, this got put online early because it had (laughs) to be. Because this was supposed to be a trailer that premiered uh, July 1st in front of The Forever Purge. So this was going to debut theatrically, this trailer. But somebody leaked it. So mm-hmm. this was you know, Blumhouse Universal or whoever, like getting ahead of like, all right, it's leaked, so we'll put it out now. So this this leaked in the first place because of excitement. So you've got people utterly excited and then you've got people saying it shows too much. And I am of the mind that, it never can really show too much because, well, for me, this is obviously a personal opinion, because there's no context to what you're seeing. And the, mm-hmm. they're not going to tip the whole hand. There's there's bound to be something that you're, you're not clicking to, you know, th- again, there's no context for the images. Right. But I also don't understand people saying it shows too much in the sense that you also have the power to watch what you want and don't want to if if you're worried about something showing too much you you can choose not to watch it you mm-hmm. know so that's why well, i'm not going to break down what we saw in the trailer because you know that is your choice yeah
0: well, so. exactly that's part of it is that it shows too much it's like well how many times did you watch the trailer
2: yeah <laughs> like, did
0: you break it down for your website or your vlog or right. whatever because yeah. well, that's on you not anybody else mm-hmm. and the other part is that all might not even be in the movie. Yes, trailers do that all the time, all where the there time. are scenes that aren't in the oh, yeah. movie. Like, I and will... I feel like if I was the sort of person who would analyze trailers, that would drive me insane because I keep waiting for a scene, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like just watch it once, get an idea, move on. Yeah. Or don't. If you don't want, if you don't want anything spoiled, don't watch the trailer in the first place. But stay don't off, complain when the trailer line. has stuff. But, you
1: know. Yeah. Isn't... I remember people also complaining when there wasn't there like a teaser. Was it last year and Jamie Lee Probably. Curtis, like she was just screaming, burn. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's too short. So it's just yeah. like, OK, there's, there's
2: like people there's going to be unhappy campers regardless. You know, there's yeah. obviously people were super pumped about it. So you had like wild reactions across the board. Yeah. And really, all this tells me is that it's going to be another hit. So, oh yeah it'll
0: be huge. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm excited. The bigger, I'm so for the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, interesting. It's very interesting. Um, and maybe not as exciting as a bloodbath uh, trailer. Anne Rice was shopping around a massive television and film package for The Vampire Chronicles and The Lives of the Mayfair, which is her two book major horror book series, and AMC Networks acquired the package last year, therefore landing the rights to all novels in both series. Well, AMC has just given the green light to a series adaptation of Interview with the Vampire, which is being planned at this time as an eight-part series. Roland Jones, who did Friday Night Lights, is creating, showrunning, and writing the series. It will launch on AMC and its sister streamer, AMC Plus, in 2022. The interview at the Vampire Saga, of course, centers on vampires Lewis and Lestat, both played by uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the 1996 feature film adaptation directed by Neil Jordan. The Anne Rice catalogs that AMC Network acquired... I'm not going to go through the entire list, but it is a lot. Uh, did you ever read any of Anne Rice's books or is your nope. I mean, I assume we all saw the original movie with Tom Cruise. Right.
0: Yeah, I saw the original and Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot that existed. Uh, <laughs> so what it, does this news mean anything to you as of yet? Like, did you like the, the movies or meh?
1: Um, I, I like the movies like I'm interested but you know we talked about this you know with the series it's so hard to get out. excited yeah
0: but no and like revamping it's... sorry go ahead no
1: no I was just going to say well you know plus it's like I don't feel like we have like enough info as of yet like I'm sure you know they'll tell us more about the cast and all that stuff like it sounds like it could be interesting like it's set up to be a series but yeah
0: yeah and for me kind of Revamping a, a property that's already I like the word been out play. there. Oh, God, I wish I'd planned that. Uh, revamping <laughs> a property that's already been out there a long time ago. I mean, not to say that Anne Rice isn't a prolific and a, a very talented writer and everything else, but I don't know. Vampires just. I'm. I'm you, I don't know. Do you like
2: more? You <laughs> like the more monstrous vampires than it, assuming this the elegant yeah, romantic type.
0: Yeah, I don't need romance with my vampires. Um, but that's me. Maybe I'd be more interested in a movie adaptation than a series. But it's also really hard for me just to get into TV series anyway. I'm, yeah. you know, me. I I just sit down and watch them. Um, as opposed to being like really excited for it to come out, like I just wait until I'm, I'm eventually like, oh yeah, I should probably go back and and watch those last five seasons of American Horror Story. Although I did just see that uh, Sarah Paulson came out saying she regretted doing Roanoke.
2: Did she regret that it? was a it
0: or... obligation. Oh
2: hmm. well, jeez. Yeah. I haven't seen that season, so I have no I thoughts know. on that.
0: It was it was weird because there was like some. It was like shot kind of reality series style mm-hmm. where they were like recreating what happened and showing you what happened. and it was i I only watched like two episodes, so I didn't give it a fair shot. but I don't know. just made me think of that because that's where I stopped watching
2: fair, yeah, TV shows are hard. I mean, it like, we've said a lot lately i feel it's there's just so much content and tv is even harder to commit to because it feels like they're the stuff you like is getting canceled so it's like why commit until we know but that's also what dooms them so it's like double-edged sword Mm -hmm. um it was announced earlier this year that a new installment of pet cemetery franchise is in the works for paramount plus uh, their streaming app, um, with Jeff Bueller, who wrote the 2019 adaptation he's writing. The project was speculated to be a prequel, and the latest casting announcement seems to suggest that it is indeed a prequel. Jackson White is in the final negotiations to join the cast in the, of the mysterious prequel, spin off, we're not sure, playing a young version of the character Judd Crandall. Judd was, of course, originally played by the late Fred Gwynn in Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery, and then by John Lithgow in the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery. And in both versions, Judd Crandall is the kind neighbor of the family at the center of the story and the one who introduces them to the Pet Cemetery and its powers, in case you are unfamiliar with Pet Cemetery, Lindsay Beer, who directed uh, Sierra Burgess is a loser, loser for Netflix, has been hired to direct the new movie, making her directorial debut. Um, Beer also wrote the latest draft. Oh, I don't. Yeah, she wrote the latest draft of the movie script. No word yet on plot details. Of course, they are keeping that close to the vest. But with Jud Crandall being cast, a much younger actor playing him, I think it's fair to predict that the new movie will delve into Jud's past uh, with the cemetery. I'm personally hoping for some Timmy Baderman. Uh, I'm sure there's a whole lot of stories. Yes.
1: Please, we need to know him and his <laughs> laughter. You, his laughter haunts me.
2: So, if they do go to me, Baderman, then obviously somebody's got to have an eerie laugh for Zena to be happy. <laughs> do you have any attachment to Pet Cemetery and potential spinoffs, John?
0: Uh, you know, I love Fred Gwynn's portrayal so much in the original, mm-hmm. and I like that concept of this older character has seen some shit Mm -hmm. and it's kind of messed him up, but he knows it happened. He's moved on, whatever. I like that as a standalone existence. I'm not a huge fan of delving back into it and creating backstory. I like the idea of the mystery. Like, I like the idea of like, yeah, it's a good story. Good walk, whatever. (sighs) that he's clearly leaving all this stuff out, except for like the moment when he kind of reveals like, you know, this is what's going on like I don't need like I don't need to be extrapolated yeah for me personally um I'm not to say and maybe they'll do a great job with it yeah but it doesn't mean that you can't suddenly be like holy crap didn't see this coming like this is such a great take on it it could be amazing but I don't know I don't know that I need more story
2: I think <laughs> yeah. for me it seen as like I need it I I think no, there's no, a no, lot.
1: No, Sorry, huh? no, I said, I, I get it, I get it. Oh, because... okay. <laughs> that makes way more
2: <laughs> like, sense. She was like, you're what wrong, John I need says. it.
0: <laughs> you leave it, I'll take it.
2: <laughs> yeah, which is fine, too. Um, yeah, I I mean, the movie did really, really well, so I think it's a no-brainer that they wanted to do something with it. And sure. uh, I, I personally always, as a huge fan of the novel, I wanted to see more about the Wendigo. Go back further. I would have loved them to go back even further before Judd's time Mm -hmm. to give me that period piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With with the Wendigo that, you know, how that began. Give me the whole Micmac history for that burial ground and how it went sour. Like that to me could have been pretty cool. But I mean, I'll probably watch it regardless. So.
0: (laughs) All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for Michael Myers to kill all the people. Looking forward to more vampires being asked questions? Let's hear about it. Number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Also, feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. And I have gotten word from Megan and Zena that Elliot is not officially out for my job, so I apologize to those listeners who wanted that to happen. (laughs) Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in a sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should watch. So, Zena, what should we be watching?
1: So, first up coming our way, Tuesday, June 29th, Vicious Fun. It'll be available on Shudder. A horror film critic finds himself in a sticky situation when he stumbles into a self-help group of serial killers. Ooh, doesn't that sound fun?
0: (laughs) actually does, yeah. <laughs>
1: and then uh, we have four movies coming our way on Friday, July 2nd. So crazy, it's about to be July.
2: I know.
0: Oh, God, I can't believe it.
1: All right, so the first one is Let Us In. It'll be available on VOD. A 12-year-old girl and her best friend look to uncover the sudden disappearances of several missing teens in their small town. Soon, they discover that there might be something deeper happening, and the two friends might be against forces they can't even imagine. Then we also have Till Death. It'll be available on VOD as well. And this one is starring Megan Fox. She returned to horror. Oh. Yeah. Bye. So um, Megan plays Emma, a woman stuck in a sale marriage to Mark. And she's very surprised when he decides to take her away to this secluded lake house for a romantic uh, evening on their 10th anniversary. But everything soon changes and Emma finds herself trapped in an isolated, trapped and isolated in the dead of winter. Then we also have The Purge. It will be hitting theaters. Are you two fans of the series? Yes.
0: Uh, Well, I like the first two. I think those are the only two I saw, though.
1: Same, same. I I think I need to go back and and rewatch it and stuff. Um, But anyway, on the run from a drug cartel, a Mexican couple battle vicious thugs who plan to continue the violent tradition of the now outlawed Purge. And last, and certainly not least, we have Fair Street Part One, 1994, coming to Netflix. Woo! In 1994, in the aftermath of a brutal sh- tragedy in Shady's Shady Sides, oh my gosh, in Shady Side, Ohio, a group of teens discover that a series of horrifying events that have plagued their town over many years might not be random, and they may be the next victims. Super excited for this one, and of course, bloody disgusting TV. Okay. There you go. Wait, you got something else to add.
0: Not to mention the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not something you horror. can watch,
1: guys. You can't watch that. I should you have can. added that in Somedays, the
0: you can make it happen so they can watch it. Yeah. True.
1: Um, yeah, Mental Health and Horror a documentary. We launched our Kickstarter. Yeah. So Yay. you can check that out. Um, feel free to retweet. Feel free to just dance. There you Did- go.
0: <laughs> we will post We will post a link in the show notes, or you can go on Kickstarter and search mental health and horror. I think if you put mental health, one of the first search results pops up mental health in documentaries. That will also t- take you right there. Yeah, you can see on. how you can get rewards for donating.
2: Go, John, go.
0: <laughs> and that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at BloodyDisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Zena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, in the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Zena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod on Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, or drop us an email at podcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, and to hear us talking about some wonderful horror movie series like sleep away camp which we are doing right now yeah. check us out on patreon at patreon.com slash be disgusting pod so for this week i'm john
2: i'm megan i'm xena
0: grab some popcorn cozy up on the couch and watch something you love just make sure it's something bloody